0: It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here we go. Just kind
1: of jumped the gun there. I couldn't wait to get on the air, you see, because. For me, and by the way, my name is Rob Carson. This is the Newsmax Daily. And uh, for me, g- coming to the microphone every day is like uh, a kid coming back from summer vacation who I uh, just can't wait to share what he's learned in the last 24 hours. And I have got a ton of a ton of stuff to get to today on the show. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be amazing. Special guest Eric Bowling. Today is going to be joining us. He uh, used to work in another network. Uh, now he he does a podcast with Brett Favre, among other things. And he was on a uh, BBC a show about a week ago. And he was basically told that he could not comment about black people because he's white. It was a very racist incident by a guest on the BBC. And he said, you know what? I'm done. I don't, I don't, need, to, I don't need to apologize. I don't need to explain why I'm not racist. I'm not racist. And if you can't take, accept that, then to heck with you. To heck with you. So uh, Eric will be joining us very shortly on the show. And this is a powerful interview. Because his interview with that woman could be a game changer for false cries of racism and people just saying, you know what, I'm done. Shut up. It's not 1968 and it's not 1863. That said, let's go to uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, by the way. And I used to live in uh, in the Minneapolis area for five years. Love it. Beautiful in the summer. Winters, absolutely awful. And the only reason people stay there is because they forget how bad the winters were last year. But it is absolutely a lovely place to, to live, and also it is dominated by Democrats. The Democrat Farmer and Labor Party is as left as left can be. So if you like high taxes and uh, beautiful summers and absolutely horrible winters, Minnesota is the place to go. That said, there was uh, rioting, rioting in Minneapolis, uh, in the area, in Brooklyn Center, last night. Uh, there were things being hurled. There were bottles of frozen water thrown at a uh, CNN cameraman. We'll share that very shortly on the show, among other things. But let's uh, let's listen to former police commissioner Bernie Carrick of New York City talking about uh, the defund the police movement, which seems to be happening. By the way, Kimberly Potter, by the way, is the 48 year old police officer who was arrested with regard to the death of Dante Wright. Dante Wright had a uh, warrant, an outstanding warrant for an armed robbery. When they pulled him over, he resisted arrest. We know that Kimberly Potter accidentally grabbed her uh, her sidearm rather than her taser, and he was shot. It's a tragedy that he died, but there it was an accident, and there's no reason to burn stuff. There's no reason to protest, and uh, certainly there is no reason to steal stuff. That said, here is Bernie Carrick talking about the idiots who want to get rid of the police. And by the way, the mayor of the city who just looked like a complete buffoon
2: yesterday. Um, Here's the bottom line. The mayor's an idiot. Anybody that stands up in front of a camera and makes a comment like that, it shows, one, you're stupid as hell, or two, um, you're cowering uh, to BLM and Tifa and others.
1: Now, he's talking about the mayor who said that the police should probably be unarmed when they do uh, traffic stops. And by the way, that's the most dangerous time in a police officer's day is a traffic stop.
2: And you're scared to death to do your job. The bottom line is, I would challenge the mayor. I would challenge the mayor to go out with his men and women and let him... I want to see him do a ride-along. through the car stops. He would pee his pants. Let him get involved in the day-to-day operations and job that the men and women in law enforcement do. And I promise you, it would take about an hour, and he would come back and say, okay... I change my tune. Yeah, um, This is what happens when you have no idea what you're talking about. You get in front of a microphone and you start yapping.
1: And you start yapping, or as I said yesterday, shooting your mouth off. Shooting your mouth off. And it's it's ignorance. It's ignorance like the squad calling to abolish the police. By the way, top Democrats are distancing themselves from the squad's call to abolish police, including Nancy Pelosi. She kept members of the squad at arm's length after calls came from them to abolish the police, which is the most idiotic, even dumber than the Green New Deal. It is one of the most profoundly stupid thoughts to ever exist in the world. Literally, uh, 100 years from now, when this reaches a possible civilized society, maybe 100 light years away, they'll listen to this and go, wow, what an incredibly stupid thing for a human to say. When did they say that? And where was it? Oh, it was on Earth? Yeah, really, really stupid. That's uh, Rashida Talib. Uh, radical leftist Democrat, uh, Ayanna Presley as well, Ilhan Omar, who is uh, radical and corrupt, and, of course, AOC, who is just as dumb as a box of rocks, without the rocks. There's not even any rocks in the box. It's an empty box, and she's dumber than that. And I knew it was really crazy. Now, yesterday, Rob Schmidt talked to Kim Anderson. Kim Anderson owns a business in Hennepin County, which is where Brooklyn Center is, and here's what she had to say about being afraid...
3: Tonight, I'm not concerned at all. Okay. Uh, the the National Guard and the police are out in force. But uh, Sunday night and the last few nights have been very worrisome and very stressful.
4: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you you said you've seen fires outside your window uh, <laughs> almost on a
1: nightly basis. We've got some pictures here of what we've seen. Uh, have you? Have you? Let me just go ahead and say it. It's really just time to kick some butt. It's really time for the National Guard and and the police to just kick some butt this is just nonsense this this burning stuff down this massive temper tantrum this massive temper tantrum that has caused billions of dollars in damage 27 lives last summer hundreds and thousands of police officer injuries it's time to put it out like a cigarette under the butt of your heel if you're a smoker i'm not a smoker
4: considered at any point just kind of packing up and getting out of there i know a lot of people in minneapolis have uh, have headed out especially last summer
3: I do know of people that have left, but I want to support my community. I've lived here for almost 20 years, and uh, it is my home, and I'm not going to be scared away from my home.
1: Uh, She owns Soderbergh's Floral and Gifts in Minneapolis.
3: And and it's my livelihood, and, um, you know, it isn't a bad place to be. It's is, it is a It's a good place to be. It's just you know, we're in, a, an, in an odd time of life right now.
1: Yeah, you know, and also generally they go after the Dollar General. They went after the Dollar General. BLM went after the Dollar General to loot it the other day. Even though you can fill up a cart with almost everything from Dollar General and walk out the door, it's worth about $37. I don't see any Black Lives Matters, you know, walking by the flower shop going, you know... I think tonight I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. Yeah, let's just smash the window out and get her some roses. Let's just do that. I think that's kind of cool. Oh man, did you see Dan Bongino and Geraldo last night? Dan Bongino is a friend of mine. I've known him for ten years since he was. He ran for office three times unsuccessfully. Thank goodness because he went on to become a great author and a great pundit and a great host, a national radio show. And here is <laughs> Geraldo playing the race card. Dan Bongino getting in his face and Geraldo calling him a son of a bee. A son of a bee! Now, one of the things that never gets mentioned and has never been brought up with regard to BLM protests and Antifa protests is the massive crisis in the inner city black community where the murder rate is 10 times the national average. Where every weekend in Chicago, for instance, just a couple weeks ago, 38 people shot, I think seven or eight people dead, mostly, if not all, people of color, and nobody cares. The fact that the national average, the national average is 40% abortion rate among black families. In inner cities, 80% of black families, black households do not have a father present. You've also combined that with drugs and drug addiction. George Floyd, thank you very much. You also combine it with uh, massive cultural issues, uh, celebration of thuggery, celebration of violence, celebration of... Misogyny. Did you see the Grammys, by the way? And the cultural rot in general that has destroyed the African-American family, which is an absolute tragedy because the family is what got African-Americans through slavery. The family is what got African-Americans through Jim Crow. I can't say any of this, of course, because I'm a Caucasoid, you see. Even though I've been working in fostering and adopting and inner-city youth programs for 30 years because I care and I don't want to see another generation grow up like this. But here we go again. And Geraldo won't even mention this. All he sees is black guy pulled over by the cops, shot by a white cop. That's all he sees. And Bongino got in his face. And uh, here's how Dan reacted. You tell that to the black families
5: that see their there we go. sons a being race. killed that's
6: all you twice got. the rate of white. You got nothing white. else, so, buddy. Is, that's you got a nothing fact. else.
5: That's a fact. You've got nothing else. All fact. you want to do is fact. see the country burn. You just want to see the country burn. That's it. I want to see the country burn.
7: You son race. of a... I want you're to see the country you right. punk. You're nothing but a punk. Yeah. You're a punk, yeah. but, you know,
1: You're a punk. You wouldn't oh, tell man. me that to my face. Oh, dude. Oh. I, I know Dan Bongino. You would not tell it to him in his face. He's like 6'4", uh, works out. He's a former New York City cop and secret serviceman. Wow, wow, wow. And it's about time that people like Geraldo got a little what for. Because honestly, I'm sick of this crap. And it'll happen again, and there will be, like, for instance, Dante uh, Wright. He he was going down the familiar path, a 20-year-old man with a criminal record, an outstanding warrant, including armed robbery of a woman at gunpoint. And God knows it would probably be a miracle if we would have lived to his 30th birthday, and not because of police, and not because of police. I'm just so done with this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I I don't like to be... I like to be uh, even keel approach things with a sense of humor but there are times we just have to say enough is enough is enough There you go Oh this was really nice Nancy Pelosi and this is, this just really helps things Nancy Pelosi called George Floyd's called George Floyd's death a public assassination She was interviewed on Tuesday by USA Today and here's what, listen, this is what she, I think if any of us was there, we would have gone up and just pulled him off. So Nancy Pelosi thinks that she's tough enough that she would have pulled the officer, Derek Chauvin, off of, this gets really funny, back to the humor. So she thinks that if she was there, she could have pulled <laughs> Derek Chauvin. She's 80 years old in heels, for crying out loud. She tried to kneel in the Capitol Rotunda, and she needed help getting back up. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, and, and so, while she did say there is time for better training and not defunding the police, she did say she she could physically go over and pull Derek Chauvin off. Then she also said, listen to this. She would have put up a fight against the Capitol bomb. She says, I'm pretty tough. They would have had a battle on their hands. And then she she said, I, I would have these. And she held up one of her stilettos. All right. Okay. So Nancy Pelosi is not strong enough to open a peanut butter jar. If you were in her house, if you were if she were your grandmother and and you had a fresh jar of Jif, and by the best thing in the world is a fresh jar of peanut butter, that first spoon of the extra crunchy is is a gift from God. That said, she couldn't open it. She couldn't open a jar of jelly. She would be flummoxed by opening uh, using a can opener on a can. I mean, she does not have the strength. She barely has the strength to get out of bed in the morning, and she doesn't have the strength to stand up when she kneels in the Capitol Rotunda, and she <laughs> she's she would have Oh, she would have just handed it to him. Really, really, really funny. This is a neat piece. Uh, Representative Burgess Owens is an African-American man, and he spoke yesterday in the uh, House chambers about, uh,
8: about his experience and about America. We have a community now that lives the American dream. Look around this room and see the middle class that we've developed and more. And yet we tell those who are striving to get where we are that they can't. Yep. Because white people won't let them. Yep. That, to me, is treacherous. It's nice. traitorous. Nonsense was to tell others who want the American dream that they can't achieve it because other people with a white skin can't uh, won't let them do, do that.
1: When you say that, you have insulted all of the terrific people in Black history who have made not just giant advances in the United States but in the world and in the history of mankind. George Washington Carver, a great entertainers like uh, like James Brown. Cab Calloway, uh, Ben Carson, Barack Obama, and you say to this generation that does not have, uh, it does never experience Jim Crow and never experienced slavery and never experienced any of this nonsense. My generation is the Generation X. We grew up with uh, colorblind, but now we need a victim society and we need excuses for bad behavior, bad choices. And the decay of families because of Democrat policies. That's what it's all about. This guy is here to say, look at all of you here and what you have, the privilege you have. You sit here in these, in these halls that are paved with marble. And you say that black children can't achieve this
8: now. It's an insult. If you want to repay the black American community, give us back our history. It was Karl Marx who said, the first battleground rewriting of history. And that's exactly what's been happening. You take away our history, you take away pride in our past, appreciation for our present and a vision for our future. And that's what you're seeing in Chicago, Baltimore, Ferguson. Every place Democrats oversee a black community is misery. And we're going to blame white people? How about an ideology? Yeah. How about we take ownership? Amen. Educate our young people again. Give them jobs, opportunities again. Tell them that the way to get in this country is through free market. And you've got
1: so much beautiful history. You've got such a glorious history with so many people that all of us admire. And we just are wrecking a generation by saying that none of this is possible. By spitting in the face of history.
8: Allow them to take away the regulations. Allow them to run their own businesses. Don't burn down their businesses every year because a, a white Police shoots a black person. When you have black people, 93% of the thousands of black people being killed are by other black people. Crime is a true issue. And with that being said, we are not a hapless, hopeless race. Amen. We're just like everybody else. Amen. Give us a break and we'll make it happen.
1: Come on. I love it. We have so much to be optimistic about the world The United States is the greatest engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of mankind, and I'm tired of it being torn down. Yesterday, uh, Biden's ambassador to the United States said that white supremacy is weaved into America's founding documents as she pledges to combat racism. Linda Thomas-Greenfield has a massive chip on her shoulder. She is a typical leftist Democrat. And here's some of her appearance yesterday.
9: I've seen for myself how the original sin of slavery weaved white supremacy into our founding documents and principles. Did you know many
1: states in America did not have slavery? It was outlawed before the Declaration of Independence was signed.
9: But I also shared these stories to offer up an insight, a simple truth I've learned over the years. Racism is not the problem of the person who experiences it. Those of us who experience racism cannot and should not internalize it, despite the... Imp- now,
1: this is a woman old enough to have been around during the Jim Crow era, so I don't doubt that she saw racism depending on where she lived. impact it can have
9: on our everyday lives. Racism is the problem of the racist, and it is the problem of the society that produces the racist. And in today's world, that's every society. In America, that, that takes many forms. It's the white supremacy that led to the senseless killing. Of yeah,
1: you know, that's nonsense, absolutely nonsense. The white supremacy movement is minuscule. There are uh, barely enough to even move the needle as far as the population is
9: concerned. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Amon Aubrey, and so many other black Americans. It's the spike in hate crimes over the past three years.
1: Uh, many of those hate crimes were committed. By African Americans on Asians,
9: against Latino Americans, Sikh, Muslim Americans, Jewish Americans. Really, I haven't seen that.
1: But I'm a white guy, so you know. Immigrants,
9: and it's the bullying, discrimination, brutality, and violence that Asian Americans face every day. Especially,
1: you know, you're the UN ambassador. Why don't you concern yourself with what's happening on the border of the Ukraine with Russia? Why don't you worry about North Korea having nuclear weapons? Instead of this nonsense, this, this nonsense, this uh, academic BS. I mean, uh, you know, it comes from a bad place. You say that white supremacy is weaved into America's founding documents. I'm just so tired of America being slapped around by these academic leftists. I'm just quite finished with it. Quite finished with it. Oh, let's move on to something else, shall we? Yeah, you know, remember yesterday I had uh, the uh, the guy, uh, Charlie Chaplin, or whatever his name is, from uh, CNN. He was, uh, he went on, five. apparently this guy, his name is uh, Charlie Chester. Charlie Chester, everybody, from CNN, went on five Tinder dates with a uh, Veritas undercover operative. Okay? She pretended to be a nurse when she went on dates with him. People have said things like, who goes out on five dates with someone when it's pretty obvious they aren't going to get anything out of it? So he, he apparently is not used to, you know you know, knocking out of the ballpark in the first two dates. <laughs> Date number five, he's unloading everything. He's talking about his job and he's talking about all this. Well, here he is uh, actually admitting that, that CNN loves it, loves it. I'm not saying this is all exclusively to uh, CNN, but they love it. When, uh, when people uh, get COVID and when the numbers of deaths and infection goes up, listen to this.
7: Covid, gangbusters are rabid Raiders. Gangbusters are rabid Raiders, right? Which is why we can't say the. you
1: suppose this is date number five. Can I finally get a kiss tonight?
7: the side. Let's make it higher. Like why? Is
1: maybe it- just hold your hand as we walk down. Okay, never mind. That's fine. I
10: mean, high enough, you know. Today, like it would make our point better if it was higher. It's fear. Like
11: maybe date number ten. Fear really drives numbers. Here is is the thing that keeps you too bad. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah.
12: If it bleeds, it leads?
11: Yep. No no one ever says it, those things out loud, but it's obvious. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs>
1: yeah, they do. <laughs> Jensaki, yesterday, by the way, and I played this on the show yesterday, I thought it was kind of funny. Jensaki wants to get a white um, evangelicals, they want to get white evangelicals to take the vaccine because apparently white evangelicals are not taking the vaccine. So she basically said they're all a bunch of hicks from the sticks. Here's what she said as far as how they're going to uh, reach out to these white evangelicals to get the vaccine
13: participate in a range of media interviews you know an example is dr collins participated in the 700 club dr nunez smith hosted a faith leaders roundtable yeah. uh we're also looking for we've run psas on the deadliest catch
1: <laughs> the deadliest catch yep everybody whitey loves the deadliest catch
13: we're engaged with nascar and country music tv
1: nascar and country music tv geek geek, geek. uh you know guess what never been to an nascar race never watched CMT, and have occasionally watched Deadliest Catch. I watched a season or so, but honestly, uh, other than that, no.
13: We're looking for a range of creative ways yes. to get directly connected to white conservative communities. We won't always be the best messengers, but we're still trying to meet people where they are. Yeah, and
1: I, and I want to offer some suggestions. This is from Whitey, by the way. I grew up in southwest Iowa, a little town of 1,000 people. And uh, uh, you never, never hated black people, never used the N-word. Anyway, that said, here are some things that I will offer up to uh, the, uh, the um, Biden, I almost said Obama administration, eh, you know, same thing, interchangeable. The uh, Biden administration, first of all, saturate hee-haw with PSAs. They got the reruns of hee-haw. I know all the songs from that show. Bloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, you know. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, I, know, I know we're not one to go around spreading rumors. I haven't watched that show since I was a child, but I still know it. Trust me, run PSAs on HeHaw. Start using words like gummit and show nuff during pressers. That's a good idea. Uh, put the vaccine in a bush light can. Make flea markets vaccine distribution sites. Offer 50% off Cracker Barrel coupons. Vaccine Shot gets an autographed picture of the person's favorite monster truck driver. Pretty cool. Hire fair carnies as nursing assistants to distribute the shots. Uh, vaccine Shot gets you free month's rent at the local trailer park. Tell them it's rounds of shots on the house, okay? And then finally, play Bon Jovi's living on a prayer, and when they raise their beer in the air, just give them a shot. Just give them a shot right there. So that's what I would suggest. That's what I would suggest if they were going to reach out to Whitey, like me. By the way, Jim Jordan yesterday was uh, was speaking in a House session and he was uh, bringing up the idea of how the Democrats want to, A, throw the election in 2022 with H.R. 1, steal the election and, and steal them in perpetuity. They also want to take over and stack the Supreme Court. This is out of the Democrat playbook. They know they didn't win in 2020. They know that their ideas don't win. So they're going to force them down your throat as totalitarians. Here is Jim Jordan being gaveled down by Jerry Nadler. He's the nadler. He's like a villain on Batman. I'm the nadler. <laughs> I pull my pants up to my chest and I walk around and I gavel people down. Here's the exchange.
10: Just a question on an issue that concerns a committee. It's, it's being reported by the D.C. bureau chief for the intercept of the gentleman Ryan Grimm. I understand it's not always wise to believe what's said on Twitter, but he's reporting that the Democrats will be introducing legislation to expand the Supreme Court from nine members to 13 members. Of- this
1: is why the Democrats have 5,000 troops in Washington, D.C., because people are angry and they're afraid of us, and they are going to force all
10: of this stuff down our throats. That you and two of our members on this committee will be sponsoring that legislation is that is that accurate?
14: I know. order, Mr. Chairman. It's, it's,
10: that is not the this subject. This not like an
14: appropriate that time to not make inquiry sub- of the chairman.
10: That is not the subject of the markup. Expanding the Supreme that Court. That is not the subject the... report subject that the, the chairman's going to be sponsoring legislation is not something to be talked about on the House Judiciary. In the middle of a markup. I'd like to just smack him right on the forehead with that gabble. Gentlemen. I waited till the bill was the over to ask the chairman a question. If you don't think it's important about the Democrats trying to expand the Supreme Spend. Court. To I think that's a pretty important Rusing issue. to, to notice I
5: now call up H.R. 40. The commission to study. He literally has the mask below his nose. And develop reparation proposals for, for African Americans. Act for purposes of markup and move the.
1: the commission. Uh, what did he, Honestly, just kind of a, just a despicable human being.
5: Just you know, honest, kind of yeah.
1: All right, so uh, Ted Cruz brought something up that I brought up with uh, regard to Major League Baseball uh, pulling out of Atlanta and going to Lily White Denver for the All Star Game. Now, Major League Baseball, and I mentioned this the other day. Major League Baseball has betrayed half of its audience they are america's pastime baseball is america's pastime and they have hijacked it for political purposes which is a profound profound assault to a pastime that we all hold dear and ted cruz brought this up how mlb has done that because they have a monopoly
10: well and uh, let me point out also you brought up both Football and basketball, at various periods in history, both football and basketball have had rival leagues. That is always a potential. That is a check on behavior in the marketplace. Yes. And when it comes to Major League Baseball's exemption from the antitrust laws, that's a special benefit only baseball gets.
1: Yeah, you notice there's no other league. It's
10: just one. Nobody else gets. It's not just the existence of rival leagues. It's anti-competitive behavior that baseball is allowed to carry out. And, and that is a. And
1: they're the only game in town. And if they decide to go political towards the left, they've hijacked the national pastime.
10: Special subsidy. It is corporate welfare coming from Washington. And in this instance, Major League Baseball is behaving with. Arrogance, You know, I thought Senator
1: Imagine that. They uh, they want you to build them a stadium and then keep them in town. Then when you go there, you pay $7 for a freaking hot dog and $12 for a flat beer. You know, Have you been to a baseball game lately? I haven't been for a while. Been to a lot of them. Honestly, $12 for a beer, a little bit much, $135 for a jersey for your kid. You know, you go to JCPenney or, you know, Sports Authority or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's a little much. That's why I'm not watching baseball this year. Here's Steve Scalise, representative, who was shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter a few years ago, talking about the uh, obvious hypocrisy about uh, people being kept in border facilities versus the country being shut down because of COVID. Check this out.
11: Imagine a restaurant back home in any state in America. If you're over 100% capacity with state guidelines, they're going to probably shut that restaurant down. Here you've got the federal government running a a facility with holding cells over a 1,000% above capacity. Where the government would shut somebody down if they were doing this in the private industry. Yes, uh, Lopez family, we have a table here for 100. The federal government is doing this to these young kids. Uh, it's the definition. If you read Texas... You know, we're, we're kind of full right now, but I think we can squeeze you in. ...law on child
1: abuse... Just wrap yourself up in that aluminum blanket like a big potato and we'll be right with you.
11: Neglect. what's happening in that federal facility... And the, the the Biden administration is running violates uh, Texas's own laws. It's 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 a national disgrace. Mm-hmm. And President Biden puts Kamala Harris in charge of it, ah! and she refuses to go down. Maybe she down to the border. By the way, I'll just clear that up. Because she doesn't want to be associated with this disgraceful policy. But if she's the Vice President of the United States and the President put her in charge of yes. this, yes. Vice President Harris needs to go down to the border and see yes. this for herself. Yes. Because maybe she would then. Encourage President Biden to reverse his policies that have failed.
1: There you go. Thank you to uh Breitbart for providing that. Okay, so let's move on to some great personalities, great commentary on newsmax for my fellow brothers and sisters, including Sean Spicer, who had Jim Jordan on his show yesterday to talk about
13: the order. Well, and, and Congressman to to Lindsay's point, she's gonna she's gonna fly down there, she's gonna go to
10: Guatemala to find out the root cause, and they're gonna go the root cause is you invited them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. When you say when you announce to the world, come on in, we're not going to have a wall. We're, when, <laughs> when we get there, we're going to process you within eight hours. If you come in with a family and you got a child under six, within eight hours, you are put on a bus, put on a plane and sent somewhere in this country. Somewhere. Or you got a delightful hotel room all over the United States? So with a continental breakfast that we, we saw that facility. And by the way, it's interesting to date that facility. They put this temporary facility up. January 23rd, 2021, three days into the Biden administration, mm-hmm. the world already knew what Biden was advertising. And so did the Biden administration. They knew it. It's policy. Come on in. And so three days into the administration, policy. they set up this facility policy. to quickly and fastly process individuals and process families. Like I said, within eight hours, they're put on a bus or put on a plane and sent somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Pretty much. Let's move on to Grant Stinchfield. We had him on the show yesterday. Talking about uh, policing and the uh, fools who want to get rid of policing altogether, that is not resonating. Because honestly, if you think that the police should go, you are, I mean, honestly, you barely have enough uh, intelligence to keep your autonomic breathing system going.
11: I am guessing you'd rather have an armed police officer if you have trouble in your house. I'm
12: just as likely to get shot by that cop as I am what the potential intruder is. That's that's just the reality.
0: Wow. That's the reality of, that I live with every no.
12: day.
0: Mm. No. No. It is not his reality (laughs) at all. In fact, he's lying to those viewers. That's MSNBC's Jason Johnson. And it's a flat-out lie what he's talking about. He knows it, okay? He thinks he's more likely to be shot by a cop than a criminal? Wow. That's absolutely ridiculous. I want you to take a look at some of these statistics I pulled. Please, In Chicago alone, in 2020, gun-toting thugs shot nearly 4,200 people, killing 792 of them. That's in one City. The city of Chicago. In 2020. Those black lives don't matter because they don't forward an agenda. Across the country, police shot and killed just over a thousand people across the entire country. Of that, 457 were white and 241 were black. Now, that doesn't fit their narrative. Mm -mm. Nearly all of these suspects, by the way, were armed and dangerous. But you wouldn't know that From watching CNN.
1: Because that covers up, uh, by blaming it on the police, it covers up bad decisions in your life. It also covers up bad Democrat leadership and policy.
0: MSNBC.
12: Here's the larger issue. Policing, the way it has functioned in this country, no longer works.
0: Policing doesn't work, he says. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Here's Mr. Stinchfield with some more statistics. Department of Justice statistics show police have over 60 million interactions with the public each year 60 million and as i told you a thousand people are shot and killed by cops that folks is point zero zero one percent of all interactions which
1: is about the same as the the death rate for COVID. point zero
0: zero one which means actually it's dramatically less people are rarely shot by cops that is proof as a group They never have been trained better. Yep. Yet now we hear this lunacy coming from the mouths of far too many on the left.
12: You don't need to have as many cops armed in the way that they are doing social work and traffic stops.
0: That's a
1: traffic stop.
7: I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons, uh, you know, uh, every time they, they're they they're making a... That's the mayor of Brooklyn
1: uh,
0: Center.
7: ...traffic stop.
0: They want to disarm the cops. Wow. For
7: traffic stops? You see
0: what can go wrong during a traffic stop. That is the reality, what you just watched there of policing, that no traffic stop is routine. An officer can be killed in an instant.
1: Yeah, and frequently they are. And frequently they are. Here is uh, Mr. Stinchfield talking to Matt Whitaker, former acting AG, about
12: police... This is the challenge, though, Grant, and you you mentioned it a little bit on your front end, is, you know, the American people don't see um, every time that an officer has to go to a house, that they don't know who's behind the door, um, or like we saw, you know, in Florida recently, every car stop, they don't know who is, you know, could be like we just saw on the video. And and I think, you know, we we sometimes, I think, uh, you know, we want to blame the officers for making a split second decision that leads to a mistake, leads to a tragic death. And then somehow paint with the broadest brush of somehow either disarming the police or blaming the police for this situation. Um, I, I'm telling you, if you look at those statistics, and I'm glad you quoted the Department of Justice, how many 60 million interactions with the police yeah. uh, every year uh, the American citizens have, and so many of them end up uh, in in good situations. People's lives are saved. There's mm-hmm. tragically um, some of these 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 challenges, and 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 again. The solution is not to blame the cops and get rid of cops and disarm the cops. The solution is better training, uh, making sure that the profession of policing uh, gets the best and brightest. I mean, you know, right now, there's a lot of people in the military that Mm -hmm. their best career choice is to go into the police. And we should encourage that, Grant. Yes, we should. Yes, we should. And I would
1: encourage you. And I want to start a movement to support the police. And if that's calling the non-emergency number of your local police department, getting some people together, maybe a church group, buying them some bagels, just going up there, maybe standing across from the police station uh, in a safe area, and just showing your support, showing them a sign saying, we love you guys. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for being there for us. I will not let the anti-police left in this country tear down law enforcement anymore. I won't have them tear down our country anymore. I won't have them try to steal our elections anymore. I won't let them the Supreme Court. It will not go unanswered. It's time to fight back. The majority needs to fight back. I'm not saying physically fight. I'm just saying we've got to support what is good and right. And you know in your heart that the United States of America is good in its heart. It is. It always is. If you go anywhere in America on the weekend, there's a walk, a run. There's some sort of charitable car wash for people who are suffering, whether they be hungry, whether they be homeless, whether they, be, they have cancer, whether they have uh, you know whatever. We are giving and wonderful people. We always have been. When we've been to war, because we got dragged into war, we left the country and we rebuilt it. I'm just done with it. For years, people stood during the national anthem and when those planes flew over, we teared up because we know the greatness we came from. And I am proud of my country. And if you're not proud of it, find a better place to live. But don't try to change it into Cuba. Wake up. Okay, let's move on. Here is uh, Greg Kelly talking to Michelle Malkin about the uh, Brooklyn Center shooting. Michelle, what are you what are you
9: thinking right now?
3: Well, this template is something that's been repeated time and time again over decades. And I started my journalism career in Los Angeles in the aftermath of the Rodney King incident. And one thing that you learn that every journalist should be humbled by is... You can't just automatically be some armchair uh, police supervisor who knows exactly what uh, an officer on the streets shoulda, coulda, woulda done. And it's the collective guilt that's imposed on every individual police officer by the likes of Black Lives Matter that is so toxic. And what I pray most for, of course, is both families. There's tragedies all around here. But, you know, there's a larger question of whether any police officer in these kinds of triggering incidents, and I mean politically triggering, um, can really be able to secure a free and fair trial in an environment where so much of the media, the Democrats, and the entire leftist establishment act as prosecutors and judges before uh, a, a woman like this officer ever sets foot in court. It really is appalling when you think about the state of criminal justice system.
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous. By the way, Ben and Jerry's is helping me with my diet. Yeah. uh, They tweeted that the murder of Dante Wright at the hands of police in Brooklyn Center of Minnesota over the weekend is rooted in white supremacy and results from the international criminalization of black and brown communities. Wow. That is like totally textbook academic uh, faculty lounge wow and they added the defund to police hashtag to its tweet on monday now i believe aren't they in connecticut or where are they they're in uh they're the dairy state whatever anyway. so ben and jerry these are the fat hippies uh who make ice cream and now and they're also leftists of course But I'm not going to be eating Ben & Jerry's anymore. Besides, they don't even make the flavor that I really loved. I really loved uh, uh, wavy gravy It's years ago. It was wonderful. But, uh, yeah, uh, done, done, done. Now, it's interesting. Uh, A bevy of leftists adored Ben & Jerry's stance against police, but others took the ice cream brand to task. Among them, author and professor God said, your brains are made out of soft ice cream. You're a disgrace for racializing everything. Stick to ice cream making and leave the faux hysterics to Don Lemon. There you go. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Honestly, honestly, just just shut up and make some ice cream. <laughs> just shut up and make some ice cream. You know, if you if you just sit there, if you if you literally lift the spoon to your mouth from the Ben and Jerry's carton, and by the way, my wife says that a Ben and Jerry's carton is a serving. All right, so that that carton is a one serving is a Ben and Jerry's. But if you lift that to your mouth, and every time you go, oh yeah, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, defund the police. You know, you've got some problems. That's an eating disorder. (laughs) Seriously. All right, let's move on to uh, Greg Kelly. He also talked to, uh, listen to this now. He talked to Marco Rubio, Rubio for the first time as a guest on Newsmax, about Donald Trump's endorsement for him as he runs for Senate again.
4: Are you surprised by that at all? I mean, let's face it, it was pretty competitive back in 15, 16, but uh, you really forged a pretty nice relationship here.
6: Yeah, look, I mean, 2016, I ran for president. It's a competitive environment, but since the moment I ended that race and during throughout the Trump presidency were very productive years for me. We worked very well together with the Trump White House and with the president. And he outlined a lot of the things that we worked on. You're talking about Latin America, you're talking about China, you're talking about PPP. Uh, one of the first bills the president signed that he talked about often was the veterans, uh, the VA reform bill that we passed that, that he signed into law. So we did a lot of positive things together, a very productive time and a very good working relationship.
1: I saw Marco Rubio when he ran for president, actually. And the one thing I noticed about him is that he had a cheap a suit and bad shoes, and that meant to me he wasn't a DC insider. He wasn't a swamp dweller. He dresses like me. <laughs> he dresses like me. Marco Rubio is also uh, passing some legislation through the uh, House and the, well through the House and Senate right now, which would uh, take care of veterans who have served overseas in the Middle East. And a lot of times they burn their refuse in burn pits and they use jet fuel. And there are some people, some uh, veterans coming back from these areas with all sorts of uh, cancers that are very rare. And they are doing legislation to help them out. Uh, What's the status? Because I believe it has not been scientifically proven at this point. So what can
6: be done? Well, there's a couple of points. Number one is if you think about these people, we send them overseas, put them in danger. And they're in these areas where the way they got rid of garbage and so forth is they burned it and they burned it using jet fuel. Then you have a lot of these young veterans returning home and have these very rare cancers that develop among a significant number of them. And their families are wiped out by it. And so, frankly, it's impossible. To be frank, it's impossible to be able to prove a direct linkage between those burn pits and that cancer. But by the time you prove it, if you could, it's probably too late. These folks have gone bankrupt. Many have passed away. That
1: should never happen to our veterans. Donald Trump did wonders with the VA. We need to do more. Okay, so Rob Schmidt talked to James Klug. James Klug is a reporter for Newsmax. He was in Brooklyn Center, and here's what it sounded like last night. Uh, James, good to see you again tonight.
4: You've had a rough couple of days there. How are things looking at this point this evening?
13: Well, I'll tell you what. We thought last night was going to be calm. It absolutely was not. Wait for the bang. Uh, Tonight, we were thinking it would would die down a bit. Tensions would maybe uh, drop. They have absolutely not. Right now, this crowd is probably the same size, if not bigger, uh, as last night. And riot uh, police are out. They are already firing crowd control munitions. There you go. Right there, a riot control canister just went off behind me. Uh, Tension is incredibly, incredibly high right now Um, as as officers are looking to be coming out. And right now we're actually getting uh, an alarm uh, basically saying that curfew is.
1: uh Go home. Your protest is pointless because it's based on a lie. This was a tragic accident
13: in play currently just because of how intense this current situation is.
1: Okay, let's move on to uh, Rob Schmidt talking to uh, Kelly Preston, uh, Willie Preston, I should say. He's a parent in Chicago. Chicago teachers were supposed to go back yesterday and get ready for in-person learning. And they are relenting and they walked off the job, which to me says they need to be fired. Here is uh, Schmidt talking to Willie Preston, who has six kids in the Chicago area and what he's going to do. Today, Chicago public high school
4: teachers and staff refused to report to school to protest a reopening agreement with the school district. They were expected in their classrooms to prepare for the return of nearly 26,000 students by Monday based on an agreement from weeks ago. Now it's unclear when students will return. So this goalpost keeps moving for these unions. <laughs> the students to the parents are gonna bring in Willie Preston who is a parent of six children uh, who are in the Chicago public school system. God bless him. Willie, it's great to see you. I mean, this is incredible. You've got these teachers unions. They first said we need to be vaccinated and now the kids do too. <laughs>
7: Yes, that's correct. Um, They're looking for an excuse to not go to work. As you stated so so rightly a um, short time ago, the goalpost continues to be moved. Yeah. And it appears that the the ultimate um, goal is to make certain that the schools in Chicago are not reopened. And um, if they are reopened, reopen at the latest possible. Fire
1: all of those who refuse to go to work. Date sorry hate to play hardball and,
4: and willie what's this doing not really To you as a parent you got six kids in this
7: district well it's making me look um it's making me look outside the state of illinois and figuring out if dear
1: god you should have been looking outside the state of illinois years ago
7: if, if we can continue to call a place i've only known as home I'm home you know my wife yeah. and i we have six children this is the number one issue for people like us with, with children it's their education um, to have a high school freshman who's never stepped foot in this building um, as, as a real. high schooler, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. We know that we need stability in, a ch- in, children's, um, in children's lives. And we-
1: Suicides are through the ceiling. Self-injury and suicide uh, up 300% across the country. Not suicide, but self-injury, depression, drug abuse, death. And some teachers' unions don't care at all should be number one. My daughter is 16 years old. She just started going back to school a few months ago. She missed the entire second half of her freshman year. She became incredibly depressed and she's still dealing with it. It's time to get back to work. This will make you happy. These are some people who were confronted at a restaurant by maskers. Maskers. Uh, maskers, these are people, they're busybodies who get in your face. Karen's, you know, they're Karen's. I'm sorry, Karen. But, uh, uh, or Ken's, whatever. And, and they tell you, you know, we are not wearing your mask and all this. And basically a group of restaurant uh, customers and uh, patrons and also management told the maskers to get the bleep out. You yeah, you really should be wearing a mask. If I'm going to be in this business, you should be wearing a mask. And this is when people started to gather around him a little bit. And then uh, the two maskers are standing there as patrons are not wearing masks at all. Okay. And, uh, you know, they just basically said, I'm
5: not not order time here! time to get out of so here. So then
8: leave. You're trespassing. No, leave before I phone the police. Phone the, police? I'll phone the police? I'll phone the police. You're trespassing. They have a liquor license. You're trespassing. They have a liquor license. You're not license. welcome
7: They're here. But you're bomb. not welcome Bye. here. Get here. Out. You're yeah. not welcome. Come yeah.
1: Bodies, yeah. bye
5: yeah.
7: <laughs> get out!
1: Yeah, go buy your stuff at some other place. I, I love that; it makes me so happy. Time now for our special guest today, Eric Bowling. He is an author, he is a political commentator, he is a firebrand, and he's awesome. <coughs> Welcome to the show, Eric. Glad to have you on. I, I have you on for a bunch of different reasons. Obviously, uh, last week you had uh, you made a lot of headlines with the the BBC program that you're on, and Aisha Mills basically said that because you're white, you have nothing to say about anything going on in the black community. Why don't you tell me about that? And by the way, and I, and I want to get into you giving her what for, because I was just so glad to see somebody fight back. All
14: right. So he, I, that went down last, I believe it was last Wednesday. BBC yeah. called me and said, can you, you know, I had just done a podcast. I do a podcast with Brett Favre and we're yeah. having some fun. We're, but we're talking about the Major League Baseball decision to pull the All-Star game out of, out of Atlanta and send it over to, to Denver. And, and I was just going through the number. So we're on set, right? And we're live. And, and BBC, it's their evening Newscast, so it's a it's a big deal. A lot of millions of people are watching this thing, um, and I didn't know who I was up against. And, and And the the host throws it to me, and she says, "You know, you've been talking about the major league baseball. Tell us what's going on. What, why do you say what you're saying about?" It? And I said, we "Just went through the numbers, Rob. I just went yeah. through." Be, this decision that the major league baseball made cost the, the city of atlanta 100 million dollars 100 million dollars in revenue yeah. i said atlanta has 50% african american community which by default means it's it's a high high uh, mix of african american black owned businesses that are going to get hurt by that 8000 hotel rooms had to be unbooked yeah. and sent over to denver colorado with a far less diverse population 9.7% african american mm-hmm. went through that kind of thing did it, it just just did did that. Just literally threw no, no opinion in there. Aisha Mills, who I'd never met before in my entire life, and I had to look her up afterwards, um, must have been looking for an opportunity to make a name for herself because the yeah. first thing—and mind yeah. you, this is their evening news in London. Yeah. Her comment was, "Let me just address some of the garbage that just came out of that man's mouth." Like, <laughs> whoa, where, where did? I mean, that is just not called for on on in any circle. Yeah. Um, And then later on in the comments, she said, and I find it rich that a a white male cares about the black community. And I just it was the wrong time. Rob, I was it was just one of those. I just was so sick of it. I was so tired of being afraid to say anything, especially when you're on. in you know, think about this on an evening newscast in in a major city, global city in London it just came out. It was, it was organic. It was, it came from my heart. I was just so offended that someone would have the guts to call me racist simply because I'm white. And furthermore, because I'm a male, come on, give me a break. And I, I, I just laced in or I said, no, no, I'm not doing this. This This is not fair. That's disgusting. It's BS on top of all of it. And I said, I'm leaving and I get up and as I'm getting up, the host says, "Eric, please sit down. One more, one more question." One more. And so I sit back down. I said, "I will stay for the rest of this if I get an apology." No. And Aisha e. Mills says, "I'm not apologizing." So I, I just got up and left. You know, I, I almost did it at the time, and it would have been a huge mistake because right now I'm being reached, I, I'm being called, I'm being reached uh, reached out by. a a huge amount of white people saying, I'm white and I'm certainly not racist or bigoted and I can't open my mouth, thank God you did. I'm also getting calls from uh, Diamond and Silk. I'm getting calls yeah. from David Webb. I'm getting calls from amisha um, Cross, who I worked with, just different African-American black people who I've worked with over the years saying, that was ridiculous. I'm on board. I'm su- I am support you. I, I'm not racist. And, I, and when you say that, yes. you just sound racist. So I, and if you start citing how many black friends you get, you just, you just sound like you're a racist. This is the kicker. And I will say it to you, and I've said it on 20 different interviews since it happened, that thing went all over the world that that interview went viral that moment went viral i will say this and i didn't say it there it was there is more diversity in my immediate family than aisha mills i will guarantee it And when i talk about diversity i mean differences in other words i'm not going to go through who they are right now but i have immediate family members many who are very close to me and there is a wide variety of diversity in my family my guess more so than aisha mills's family which i could be wrong And I don't mean to do this, but here's what the problem was. Because of the color of my skin, I was assumed to be racist, right? So isn't that in itself racism? And the problem is it's not racist. I'm not racist. I can prove it, but I'm not going to. But isn't throwing that grenade racist in itself? Yeah, I think it is. Well,
1: and you you, you, say, you made that. He said, I should not have to explain to you that I am not racist. It is absurd on the face of it. And I'll tell you, 30 years ago when I was just a kid right out of college, I remember saying that the more you charge racism and there's no racism, uh, the more your argument becomes specious. And it's moved beyond that because it's gotten more inflammatory. It's, it's become white supremacist. It's become beyond that. Right. So you And, Eric, they're trying to shut you down. And this is very offensive to me because I've been working with inner cities and fostering an adoption and the crisis in the African. American community for 30 years yeah. and after doing all that and still seeing another generation of kids African-American kids growing up with 10 times the national murder rate and and 80 percent fatherless homes and 40 percent abortion rate I am not going to sit here and have you after all the work that I've done tell me that somehow I'm racist just because I'm white
14: yeah and Joy Reed and she's a host on MSNBC picked it up played it when it first happened, I was just so shocked, Rob. Like, oh, yeah. this is going to blow back. And it didn't really blow back hard because there are so many people who feel the same way. Yeah. So look, and, and I will be the first to tell you, There is racism in America. I'm not one of those people who say, "Oh, you're out of your mind." There, there's not. Of course, there is. We've had a history. It's we've had, you know, decades of of racism that that's been. Yes, it's just it was systemic, but it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. And for for anyone to 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 never have met someone or not know who I am or my family. I mean, once we get down to my family, oh, there'll be a day on on some media where I explain the diversity of my family. I can't wait for that day. But 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 you know, if if you can't. If you can't find out about that before you throw that racism card, you play the racism card, you're really doing a disservice to the country. And as you point out, Rob, to a generation of children, they're young black people who are hitting me up, hate, just throwing hate bombs at me on Twitter. Because all I can hear is, white guy racist. Instead of finding out what, find talk to this white guy, find out if I'm racist or not.
1: I think it's uh, a tragedy, and there is some blowback on um, some of this uh, radical teaching in schools from black mothers and fathers who say, I don't want my child told that they can't achieve anything in this country because of institutional racism. Tell that to Wilma Rudolph. Tell that to Martin Luther King Jr. Tell that to uh, Oprah Winfrey. Tell that to Condoleezza oh, Rice. It is, it is an insult. It is an insult. Yeah. It is not 1968 all over again in every has been it is not in 1863 anymore eric you're about my age uh and and i grew up as a as an early stage generation xer and i watched sesame street and it was multicultural and i watched schoolhouse rock and it was multicultural and we never we were really the first generation uh you know uh, star trek uh uhuru kissed kirk we didn't think that was a big a deal it might have been a big deal to uh, to boomers but I, I never thought about it i never thought about race i didn't care i didn't care And then I think we have a generation right now that they haven't had a Vietnam, they haven't had any major crisis, and they need some sort of victimhood.
14: You know, I, I don't know what it is, Rob. I think it's just the, the left, and I'm, the left is feeling this pendulum. You know what it is? It's like a big game of tug of war, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the, the the cancel culture on one side and mm-hmm. common sense and in, in history and the way America, you know, true American values on the other side. And there's this big tug of war going back and forth, and it's starting to move. You know how momentum moves in a game of tug, tug of war? Yeah. It's back and forth, and once it starts to go, it's like the other side wins. They're pulling so hard and, and gaining so much growth. That flag is going further and further their way. They're they're close to having us just collapse and throw the towel in, and then they win. Mm -hmm. Unless we stand up and say, No, enough. You can't cancel us because of something that happened 50, 70, 80, 100 years prior to right now. You can't cancel us because something we may have tweeted 25 years ago, apologize for it 10 times. Cancel culture on the left is a in the army, it's a mob with massive amount of cannons right now. And corporate America is just loading those guns, loading yeah, those yeah. cannons that cancel culture is pointing at conservatives on the right. And we're, we're just like, we're just like, OK, you know, shoot right now. or We're throwing we're waving the, the flag right now. And I don't mean to use a, a racist term, a white flag. It's just the way it's been in yeah, yeah, yeah. history. But we're, we're, we're waving a flag right now because corporate America in the boardroom is giving it's giving fuel. It's giving ammunition to the to cancer culture army mob. And it threatens. I wrote a book called Wake Up America. And it was nine virtues to keep America oh, yeah. from sliding into what we're I'm doing right now. It was yeah. New York Times bestseller in 2016. Yep. I wrote it because I felt it was happening in 2016. Guess what? It's happening a hell of a lot faster right now. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to tell you, uh, Eric. Uh, I like to use the analogy, and uh, I, you know, I, I felt like there was a great deal of chicanery during the 2020 election. It's very obvious if you look at the the momentum and the and the uh, the rallies. And I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. But I, I said that the SS Bitanic set sail on January the 20th, and like the Titanic, uh, in the belly of the Titanic, you may or may not know this. Uh, when they set sail, there were many of the coal bunkers that were on fire. And they sailed that ship, and they said that that may have weakened the hull enough to sink the ship when it hit the ice. And that's where we come in. The fire is still there, Eric. And I think you, what you did, what you did by confronting her and the way you did it, was very powerful. That's why it got so much attention. I mean, you, you had to be surprised by the amount of attention you are gonna get, but you said what so many are thinking. I shouldn't have to explain myself. I've never done anything racist in my life, and I'm not gonna sit here as this millennial tool tries to tell me that because of my pigment that I am somehow racist. Dear Lord. So here's the thing.
14: I mean, I, I think there's an opportunity and hopefully this kind of opens the door for for both sides uh, like, like I'm, I'm half and I, I've really never spoken about this publicly before, but I'm, I'm, I'm half thinking about inviting Aisha Mills to a debate somewhere, some oh. forum where the two of us can can really talk. Because, And maybe that's where I tell her about the diversity in my family. Maybe that's yeah. the, the, the right venue to, yeah. to talk about it so that maybe. I don't know maybe I'm being optimistic that maybe she could say look not I'm sorry because she'll never apologize but okay I understand and maybe hey maybe every white person isn't racist just because of the color of their skin or being a white male is now okay to call everyone racist and and, and just get them get them to submit I maybe there's an opportunity there I don't know I
1: okay, think it would be uh, amazing listen I know you're busy Eric and I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time and I really really it's wonderful to connect with you finally because I've been watching you for years on TV and I've always enjoyed what you do so hey congratulations on the show you're doing a great job brother all right brother you take care of yourself god bless and have a glorious week and i hope we can touch base again sometime one more story that i want to hit on and that is a cnn reporter in brooklyn center yesterday cnn got chased out of brooklyn center cnn did nothing to report about the the violent mobs that burned cities last summer they excused it all the way here is the uh, audio of a CNN either cameraman or, or technical producer being hit in the head with a frozen bottle of water which by the way is a classic antifa tactic
4: it's
13: all baby. all
7: It's all peace.
1: There you goes. It's, it's, it's- go. that's being hit right there. And he falls Above to the ground.
7: The water <laughs> <laughs>
5: and
1: he's a guy who's in his 60s. He fell to the ground. And the guy who threw the water says, a bottle of water knocked you out. And he laughed. Unbe. Now, CNN has kind of made its own bed, and now they're going to have to lay in it. And they put their their reporters in
5: harm's way because of it. Here is Chris Cuomo last summer. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. That's a lie. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Well, it's in the First Amendment. It's absolutely in
1: the First Amendment. We've already been there, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, here is, this is a reporter in Kenosha. As Kenosha was burning because of another lie. Uh, the officer is back to work, by the way. But here is uh, the reporter.
13: You know, there's nothing what seeing, happening Laura, What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin, over the course of the night. A second night since Jacob Blake was seen shot in the back seven times by a police officer. And what he's standing in front of a car dealership that's on fire. You are seeing now these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of the daytime hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, which were largely peaceful demonstrations in the face <laughs> of law enforcement. It wasn't until <laughs> night fell that things began to get a little bit more contentious. Yes, things were thrown back and forth. Yeah, police started using some of those crowd dispersal yeah, tactics like tear gas even Mm -hmm. playing uh, very loud sounds to push them out. And then what you are seeing, the common theme that ties all of this together is an expression of anger and frustration over what people feel like has become an all-too-familiar story playing out.
1: Which is not a familiar story. Jacob Blake was shot because he dove into his car looking for a weapon. He had a mask in his hand. Blah, 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 blah.
5: Here's Chris Cuomo defending Antifa last year. You talk about Antifa, I've watched them in the streets protesting in different situations, Okay. There are certainly aspects of them that are true to a cause. That is a good cause. They want social justice.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They want, they want Marxism and communism.
5: They want whatever they want in that context. Wow. You tell Not me Antifa. when that has Antifa ever is happened. Largest. You tell me when that has ever happened. Both
1: the guests are sitting there. They are literally they're gobsmacked by his idiocy.
5: With neo-Nazis where they have ever been doing Chris, Antifa the right is not thing. a good cause. Antifa does not have good aims. Antifa Have you
1: been to one of Antifa's cookie sales? They are wonderful kids. Once power once political power. Been hit, to an Antifa car wash. What they do is they, they they do your windows. They smash them out. I mean they they, they don't clean them. They smash them out. But they that's for a very good cause. Taken,
5: uh, through force. That's what Antifa
11: Steve, is all about. I have mean, you
1: seen the Antifa building makeovers where they completely clean them out? They just be, are the just inheritors clear of, what of Nazis saying. and brashness. I am
5: not here to espouse Antifa. Antifa. Or any group on the political well, sure spectrum. sounds like it. Uh-oh. No, because you want it to be uh, like that because you want I, it to be. I'm losing intelligence points. This normally only happens with AOC. He's simple. No. And you want to be able to run. The more away he talks, the dumber I get. Way after something like this and say, Cuomo loves. One him. plus one equals carrot. He loves the alt-left. He loves them. And you know <sighs> it's not true. Stop you it. You know it's BS. I got to remove him.
1: Whew. Hold on. Let's let me gather my thoughts so I can do a uh, little denouement and then the close of the show. <clears throat> Okay, thank you for joining me, guys. I greatly appreciate it. If you get a chance to (laughs) download the uh, Newsmax app on your telephonic device, please do that. Also, if you want uh, listings for all of our shows, and it's a great—it's honestly, it's a great network. It is a great network, and we don't hide our opinions. We don't pretend to be people we aren't, like CNN. So make sure to check out NewsmaxTV.com. My show this weekend, you're going you're gonna to absolutely love it. My show this weekend, it's called Rob Carson's What in the World. NewsmaxTV.com if you want details on that. In the meantime, uh, Michelle Malkin, my special guest tomorrow on the show. God bless you. Have a glorious day. I will see you and you'll hear me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest
7: growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.